Valentine's Day, bitch! Oh my gosh, another year has come and gone, and we are now here on the Day of Love. Yes, isn't it lovely? Don't you just see the hearts flying around us? Yes, I sure do. There's like butterflies and rainbows. That's what Valentine's Day is all about. I know. It's not murder and death and blood and... I know, that's true. I But I love but that But that's too. how I see it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, maggots and chocolate and... Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yes. That's honestly like I prefer that version of Valentine's Day. Totally. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the murderous death, Murder. the obsession, the lust, the, you know, revenge, mm. you know, jilted on Valentine's Day, like uh, oof, what what a dramatic story that is. If I'm being totally honest, I actually do want like a reboot of Valentine. I know. I know. A new storyline. No, Requel. Bring Marley back. Bring Marley back. (laughs) (laughs) Requel. Like, different enough to, like, you know. But, yeah, maybe see what happened to Kate and Adam. Yeah, what happened to them? So, I would really love to know that. I know. And bring back Denise. Why not? We'll put her in, like, a a videotape like Randy. (laughs) (laughs) They made a movie about them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> The Valentine's Day Massacre um, yes. <laughs> yes Yeah I've always I did, I, that. did I talk about this In our Valentine's Day episode That I've always wanted To throw Some sort of Valentine's Day party And like call it The Valentine's Day Massacre But make it like Hot Pretty speaking. much the party In Valentine Ooh I yeah. know I've always wanted to do Like my birthday parties Like centered around Horror movies But like Yeah It's in the middle of summer I don't know that anybody's Really in the mood for that Except yeah, us. That's but, true. Yeah, that's true. I know. I'm always in the mood for it. Like, so, like invite me. Everybody come to my screen birthday party. I'm like, <laughs> my 32nd birthday. <laughs> yes, my I know what you did last summer. Bash, you know. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds fun. Exactly. <laughs> Midsummer night scream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like prom. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, well, by the way, if you ever want to listen to us talk about valentine you can go back to last year we did the movie valentine with the other podcast the fangirls where are they (laughs) where did they go girls where are you i don't know maybe maybe the cupid killer got them maybe who knows they're probably electrocuted in a hot tub somewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably but you know i'm sure they're looking fabulous doing it with a glass of rosé in their hands absolutely totally fabulous or a white claw, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous and fried. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So in honor of the love being all around us, we decided to play a lovely little game of Fuck, Mary Kill. One of our faves. Woo! One of our faves. Yes, we're bringing it all back to you this season. Back to the basics yeah. of Fear the Talking Queers. Mm. 
And yeah, we love to play Fuck, Mary Kill. So why don't we get into it this Valentine's Day? This is going to be all sexy people. Sexy like, people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no more uggos. Not this time <laughs> <Yeah>. around. <laughs> I don't want Rob Zombie popping up on this list. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Like, kidding. if I have to choose between Freddy Krueger and Chucky one more time, I swear to <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So give me, give me three that I can choose from. All right. Ready? Yeah. All right. This is the Battle of the Brendans. Ooh, okay. Brandon Lee from The Crow. Mmm. Mmm. Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And Brenda from Urban Legend. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say from Scary Movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, why not? Either one. Either one. Okay. They're both hot. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to marry Brandon Lee because oh, yes. why not, right? Like he's romantic yes. and he'd do anything for love. I mean, God, he would rise from the dead. Seriously. Yeah. Okay, and then um I would fuck Brandon Fraser in the mummy. Yes. In the heat of the desert. Yeah, I was like in Egypt and No, I didn't say tomb. in the mummy, I said and the mummy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes and the mummy why not bring them both on (laughs) yeah i would honestly fuck all the guys in the mummy so oh hell yeah start there absolutely even all the ones with boils on their face and everything why not and i'm gonna kill brenda before (laughs) she kills me that's true i know she's a wild girl she has big hair remember i know and then when it comes to Brenda from Scary Movie, I would have her be my <laughs> girlfriend because she's dated she's dated gay guys before. She'll know what to do. Hey girl. She's your side piece. Right, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, fuck, marry, kill, side piece. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> you never heard that game? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you some choices from Scream 2022. Right, of Ooh, course. Okay, I love it. I love it. We love it, right? Okay, Chad. Delicious. Okay. Ooh, okay. Thanks I'm getting delicious richie jack quaid of course cute 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 and um wes played by alex um minette (laughs) dylan minette you mean (laughs) (laughs) doesn't he play a character named alex (laughs) does he in what Girl, I don't know. know. Those are your choices. (laughs) You're like (laughs) Alex Midget. That's his name. Minette. (laughs) Minette. Mignon. Alex Mignon. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so definitely. Okay. I'm going to fuck Mason Gooding. Okay. He's so sexy. Ooh, that body, damn. Mm. Like, he looks like he can lay it down. Um, yeah, big arms. Love it. So hot. Um, chest hair. I would probably... Mm. Oh, chest hair. Uh, beautiful smile. I just... That's what I need. And I need, you know, that smile on me. Um, Absolutely. And then I would probably kill Jack Quaid. And then I would probably marry little, little Mr. Wes. Little Mr... Alex Mignon slash Dylan yeah, Minnette. Yeah. He's protective. <laughs> he's sincere. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like cute. And I like his little his little dyed hair. I think that's so sweet. <laughs> you know. We'd be two little toe headed blondes. You oh, know, beautiful, beautiful. Taking life by the balls. Absolutely. Absolutely. And licking him. <laughs> and then maybe you can fuck in the shower. Uh 
Yeah, exactly. I know. Anybody who has the balls to do a shower scene like that, like, oof, I'm in. And he, Marry me, daddy. And he knows how to deep throw. Ah! Oh my god, yes, that took me a second. That's true. Yeah, he can take it real deep, all the way from the front, out the back of the neck. Right. <laughs> out the back of the throat. The front for the back. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, bring me another. Moving on. All right, this is all random. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren okay. in the Conjuring universe. Lovely. Ryan Philippi in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. Yeah. Or Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out. Ooh, okay. So I am going to marry Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out mm-hmm. because he's down. He went to that dumb white bitch house. <laughs> <laughs> and survived. And took them all out. Yeah, he's resilient. He's prote- He could probably protect me and when things get rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's definitely one to spend the rest of your life with. Um, absolutely. I would... Who was the first choice? Oh, oh, Patrick. Pa- uh, oh, okay. I would marry... I would marry him, too, but... I would marry him. I would marry him just because he has that beautiful voice. He can sing to me. Uh. Um, that's why, you know. Okay, I'm gonna kill him. That's why I win. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, you just, you just sold it to me. I'm gonna kill him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him, and I'm gonna fuck yeah. Ryan Phillippe. I mean, he's yeah, abusive. That character is abusive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know what? It, what's one night? What's one night? And, ah, uh, that body, tight, the lips, right. The eyes. The lips, the curly hair. The curly hair. hair. Mm. When he's in Cruel Intentions, he has that like ass that can like crack a walnut. Like, yeah, uh, gorgeous. Okay, yeah, gorgeous, and still looks good to this day. Still looks good. Okay, this last one category for you is the women of Valentine. Yes, I was gonna go with the guys, but I'm like, some of those characters are a little uh, too small. They're gross. So no, but the Valentine women are sexy. So they are. Okay, so we have Paige, of course, Miss Denise Richards. Yes, we have Kate, of course, Miss Marley Shelton. Oh, and then Lily, Jessica Caulfield's character. I do love them. Okay, I got her name right, right. You did. You did. Janice Cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> Janice Cauliflower. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. All right. I I I feel like I've had this one in my back pocket for years. Okay. Here we go. Um, I would probably. It's a no brainer. I would fuck Paige. She's so sexy. She is an embodiment of just sexual energy yes. with those ferocious eyebrows. Mm. The long chocolate hair, the lips that are God. like, ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's stunning. She's absolutely stunning. And a real whore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be revisiting Miss Denise this season. We won't say with what, but she'll be yes, on his we will. list. And, and it'll be a surprise. It's one you probably won't think of. Or maybe you will. I don't know. I know. Um, And then I would probably marry Miss Marley Shelton. Of course. Miss Kate. Absolutely. Yeah, she... Oh, yeah, she's the epitome of the good girl. She's probably a good wife, um, you know, and, and she's stronger than she looks. She survives till the <laughs> end. Spoiler, if you have never seen Valentine, but um, yeah. <laughs> it just celebrated its 21st anniversary, so you should have seen it by now. 
yeah, Jesus Christ, if you haven't seen it by now. Um, yeah, I love her sweet little voice. I think she's great. And then I would probably kill Jessica. Not that I don't like her. I do like her character. But um, she doesn't know how to pick them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't want to be involved in her mess, you know? Yeah, she's like, messy. You're right. So I'm just going to get out my bone arrow and just. Oh, that was a know. good sound effect. <laughs> Thank you. Just right in the dumpster, girl. Yes. Oh, and then, of course, happy anniversary to the Valentine movie. It's I know. today. It turns 21. The day that we're recording yes. this. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Of course. Of course. 21. Wow. I Again, like if you I remember seeing it in theaters, begging my mom to take me. And she was like, what are you making me watch? And I loved every second of it as a fifth grader in that movie theater watching it. Um, <laughs> and I still love it to this day. All of its flaws and all. Wait, so, 21 years ago? Weren't you like 15? <laughs> I'm excuse just much, rude or anything? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> all right, I have one more. I have one more. Okay. I have one more for you. Okay. Yeah. This one's... This one's good. <clears throat> okay. Which of Lucy's three sexy suitors would you would you pick? Okay, so we have um, Texan Quincy, we have Dr. Seward, and we have Carrie Elways as Alex. What's his name? Uh, Arthur. 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 Okay, who is Alex? Who the fuck is Alex? <laughs> who, who is Alex and why are they haunting us right now? <laughs> do we need to do another seance? I don't know. Is it is are you here? Alex, if you're here with us, Alex, give us a sign. Okay. Alright, who would you pick? I'm, all, oh well, two thirds of them are very hot. <laughs> yes. Two th- so let's just get this out of the way. I'm gonna kill Dr. Seaword. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Dr. Seaword. Dr. C word. <laughs> Dr. C no just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> oh. Um okay. So vulgar. Vulgar. And then I'm gonna Fuck Quincy because he seems like a real roughneck in the bed. Okay, he knows how to ride that horse and that mustache. I'm gonna ride that. Take it for a mustache ride. Yes, he's very hot and he looks like tall and just like super manly. Not that I want in bed. Yes, and, and those beautiful, stunning blue eyes. Oh, yes, yes, gorge, gorge, gorge. Especially in this movie. And then, um, yeah, I'm gonna marry Arthur. He's rich. <laughs> And that and that's on period, and that's on period, and that's all I fucking need. <laughs> and that, exactly. All right. Well, that gets us into our movie this week. Ooh, it is the uber romantic, uber um, over the top <laughs> operatic '90s. I don't know. I don't know what you can call this film. I guess um, it's Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who is my neighbor. <laughs> I know that is crazy. I know you live right there next to that vineyard, girl. Yeah, he and he literally lives in my town, my suburb of Napa. Oh my god! Please tell him when you see him to give us a listen. I will. <laughs> I'm I sure know. he would love to hear. And Miss Sophia, she grocery shops at our local Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Me and her go to Whole Foods and we'd be buying our produce. (laughs) (laughs) Whole Foods. Oh my god, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe I'll run into her. Maybe I'll tell her. I'm like, give us a listen, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she would love it. (laughs) Yeah, bitch. Ho. (laughs) Ho. You put the ho in Whole Foods, Miss (laughs) Sophia. 
Yeah, she seems like the kind of girl that would be down for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie is over the top. There's a lot going into it. So why don't we just get into it? Yes. This is Dracula. Lucy. Come to me, Arthur. Leave these others and come to me. My arms are hungry for you, my darling. Kiss me and caress me. My darling husband, please. Bram Stoker's Dracula, released in 1992. Written by James V. Hart. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, loosely based on the novel by Bram Stoker. It is the year 1462. Constantinople has fallen into invading Turks. Prince Dracula, played by Gary Oldman, must leave his bride Elisabetta, played by Winona Ryder, to do battle against the Turks. A ferocious and pitched battle occurs, and Dracula claims victory, leaving many in the opposing army alive and impaled on long spears in the battlefield. The Turks, seeking vengeance, send a message to Dracula's castle falsely announcing that the warlord has been killed in battle. From the top of the castle, Elisabetta commits suicide by falling into the river below. She leaves a note behind expressing her hope that she will be reunited with Dracula in death. Because she committed suicide, the castle's bishop, played by Anthony Hopkins, proclaims her soul damned. Furious that God has let his wife die while Dracula was defending his church, Dracula renounces God in the church. He draws his sword and stabs the large cross of his chapel, and it begins to bleed. Dracula drinks the blood flowing from the desecrated cross, proclaiming he will be reborn after his death with all the powers of darkness at his command. Girl, I'm getting into this. Good girl, this sounds cute. I'm (laughs) getting into it. I'm getting into this. We jump forward 500 years to London. Law clerk Jonathan Harker, played by Keanu Reeves. (laughs) This is a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Must travel to Transylvania to close the sale of a London property being purchased by Count Dracula. Jonathan has taken over the representation of the Count from his colleague R.M. Renfield, played by Tom Waits, who has gone insane and is now imprisoned in an asylum where he worships an invisible force. Upon Jonathan's return, he and his fiancée Mina, played by Winona Ryder, intend to be married. Jonathan travels and arrives to Dracula's castle following a strange carriage ride past blue flames and wolves. Even stranger is the Count himself, who is now very aged. He never eats, sleeps all day, and lives alone in his large castle in which most of the doors are locked. To Jonathan's further unease, the Count seems to be fascinated with a picture of Mina, who upon seeing her picture believes she is a reincarnation of Elisabetta. Dracula forces Jonathan to write letters saying that he will be staying with the Count for another month. Ooh, okay. All right. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So this movie starts off with a motherfucking bang. A bang. A bang that was not in the book. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely true. So, so, I mean, a lot of, like, 
you know, literature and scholarly writing says that the character of Dracula is like supposed to be inspired by Vlad the Impaler. Like basically he was like this historical figure who was famous for impaling his victims in battle. Right. And that's like sort of where the myth of Dracula was inspired, the stakes, the spikes, all that stuff. And so this is the first adaptation of Dracula since we've had many by this point. By the time 1992 came around, we had, you know, the 1931 Dracula. We had the Christopher Lee Draculas. We had so many Draculas. Yeah. And none of them are, uh, none of them have incorporated the inspiration for Dracula into the movie. And so this is the first that we're actually getting to see that kind of woven into um, you know, the what mythos. we know to be the Dracula story. Yeah. yeah. And this backstory was added by Coppola to differentiate the story from those other adaptations because there never is a backstory for Dracula and how he came to be a vampire. And um, this right. story of him fighting the for the church and then turning on God for the death of his love, I think is great. It's a great way to start the romanticizing of sure. the story. I mean, it's definitely it like in line with that operatic feeling that this movie, you know, the, the tone of this movie, because it, because it, you know, renouncing God and making it like this yeah. big like sort of Christian denouncement, it, it, you know, it's it's really grand. It's like a big gesture to make, yes. and how denouncing God is what turns him into this demonic, you know, creature. It's it's. You know, it, it it feels very large and dramatic, you know. Yeah, the whole movie is like that, right? And even from the beginning when we get Dracula in battle, like the way the battle is shot, it almost looks like oh, they're so puppets. Cool. They're playing yes. with these weird things with depth and it feels like watching live theater. It's great. Oh, for sure. Like this movie is theatrical as hell. And sometimes like it, it, I, it feels like I'm watching a play. Yes. You know, especially because of how much practical effect is used in this. Right. It, you know, you're, you don't feel like you're watching this, like, CGI special effects, you know, movie, mm-hmm. Hollywood film. It does really feel, like, scaled back. It feels like you're watching, you know, something very real happening. But then, you know, there's a lot of, like, old school techniques kind of you know incorporated in here but all of them are more based in reality as opposed to being like a creation from the computer exactly because the special effects are a lot of fun and they were mostly done by roman coppola who led like a special effects team they actually replaced this like high-end special effects team that wanted to do all of this cgi and it's like if what you want to do requires cgi and francis ford coppola was like no i want old school movie magic like rear projection and multiple exposure which in a way for me watching this it feels very similar to something like the wizard of oz um Mm. you know what i mean just because when i was little i used to literally study wizard of oz and how it was made and so like seeing this is like this is almost like the same thing to me so um, that's what Coppola wanted he wanted the film to have this like antiquated quality which definitely it has oh for sure yeah it definitely looks like a movie that comes from the 30s or something like that or like harkens back to like the Hammer films of like like the 50s like when they didn't have the you know the technology that we have nowadays to create you know something spectacular on screen you had to you had to use tricks. You had to use, you know, he even consulted like a magician at one point to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do one of the scenes with like um, Dracula's brides 
coming up from the bed. Yeah, there's a lot. There was a lot of tedious care put into things like that. Yeah, which is kind of crazy considering like the backstory behind how this movie was made was that it was originally yeah. supposed to be a TV movie with some other director, yeah. but Winona Ryder took the script to. Coppola in hopes to make amends with him as as she dropped out of The Godfather 3. And Coppola pretty much took over the production and made it a film, but he was really hoping that this project and Godfather 3 would help prevent his production company, what is it, American Zoetrope or something? A Zoetrope, um, yeah. It was ready to go bankrupt, and so he was hoping that these movies would pull him out of that. Um, but he, I don't think that he really used this as a money grab. I mean, he really put a lot of creativity and imagination into this movie. Oh, for sure. And like, I know a lot of like the, there's a lot of division when it comes to how this movie is received. A lot of it does come from like this like style over substance kind of right. conversation, because there does seem to be a lot of like meticulous detail put into it, and the style and the tone is like absolutely right. But I think a lot of people struggle more with the story yeah you know, here and the performances and maybe oh bitch yeah. i can't i can't we'll get we'll into get that yeah 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 a lot of style a lot of care put into how this movie looks and um but kind of kind of loses its way a little bit or at least deviates Story-wise. to the point where some some people don't find it as appealing as maybe some of the other incarnations of dracula or find it to be a little, even though it's technically really um, faithful to the novel, they changed just enough to make it off-putting to people who know the novel very the well. Story, yeah. But I think that it helped. I mean, I I appreciate the style of this movie. I think the visuals are amazing. Oh, the yeah. set design is fantastic, and the costuming is fantastic. Oh, starting with this very first costume where um, Dracula renounces God and and takes on the form of the darkness, right? And he yeah. is wearing that like muscle fiber armor yeah. like it's so dope and especially considering that that's their choice for this moment where he's drinking the blood from the cross and it's very catholic and beautiful yeah. and you know scary <laughs> yeah exactly do you know where else that costume shows up in another movie the cell the cell yes yes yeah, so Aiko Shioka, she's the costume designer and she um repurposed she designed it? both it yeah, and you can. Well, yeah, I mean, she obviously re- has a lot of. She like took some inspiration for that. Yeah, obviously repurposed it and made it into like the suits that they put on to go into you know the mind of the serial killer in the cell, starring this J Lo. So yeah, like it, it was. It's fun seeing those kind of things. You're like, oh, like this is signature style. Yes. By this by this costume designer who, rightfully so, won an Oscar for this. This movie has three Oscars, all for visual things. Right. Um. Best costume design, best makeup, oh, and best sound editing. Yes, but not, uh, it did not win set design, which, okay, that's fine. But then when you do look at the choices of 1992, I can't recall any of them right now, but when I looked at the list, this should have won. Hmm. All right. Well, good to know. I know. Sometimes I find like the Oscars, they go for like realism as opposed to fantastical. Fantastical. (laughs) Yeah. You know, rather than like a hyper hyper you know version of 
reality. And part sometimes of, they do. Sometimes they don't. it depends. And part of the reason why I think that I brought this up as like when we were going back and forth, like, oh, we need a Valentine episode, and I was like, Dracula, because it sort of has this Victorian Valentine sort of aesthetic to it, and so yeah, I was like, it's a gothic visually, romance. This is what I see when I think Valentine. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah, the, like the use of like red and lusty and like that kind of thing, like yes. definitely appears here. Okay, hold up. This is where we get into the performances, girl, because <laughs> <laughs> we're introduced to Elizabetta, right? Played by Winona Ryder. Right. Winona Ryder. And she also plays, end up playing Mina and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. What do you think about this? I, okay. Like, I, so she was obviously the it girl of the late 80s, early 90s. Like, this was her heyday. She was able to do whatever she wanted in Hollywood. Um, you know, and I don't necessarily, I personally don't hate her performance in this, but it's, she to me feels a little too contemporary for the piece. I know exactly what you mean. You know what I'm saying? It's like, she doesn't, like her acting is fine, but it's just her. Like she doesn't see, she doesn't strike me as like a period piece actress. Right. Right. You know? Where, uh, which I, which is way more generous than what I would have to say about Keanu, who is just so horrendously miscast in this film. Okay, first of all, I think what you said is exactly right. I think that she does a fine job, but yeah. she she's she doesn't feel like yeah she's in the the period of yeah she's no Anya Taylor Joy Miss Thing. Okay, but okay now when we get to Keanu, okay, he is so damn fine in this movie. I have to say, yeah, he's yes exactly, and that's exactly why he's in it. Yeah, he had to appeal to the young girls to you know draw them in he was the it boy of the time and Keanu and Francis Ford Coppola both have said since this movie that he was horribly cast in this and that (laughs) literally he was just cast because yes the studio pressured for a mainstream hot boy and once this movie came out the critics tore his performance apart which is one of those and their accents Winona's and Keanu's accents were torn to shreds and it was just kind of like part of the well, reason why style over substance comes to mind when you think of this movie because exactly this is terribly <laughs> miscast i mean i know it's like well what could you do like you're at the mercy of the studios who are like we need these people in it you know and yeah keanu has been like i guess the story is like he was suffering from exhaustion he had just come off of doing a whole bunch of movies and he was like i didn't have it in me to give much at you all. know yeah Sure. Which is like, uh, it's, yeah, I okay, that makes sense. But even <laughs> yeah. still, I don't think, I think at this point, Keanu knows Keanu knows his strengths, and it's not delivering dialogue. You know, true, true. And you, and you can tell that because of all the movies he does nowadays. I swear to God, I think about this all the time. That new Matrix movie, all the John Wick movies, whatever, which are p- films that people praise him for and love him but i honestly feel like there's something in his contract that says he he cannot deliver more than one sentence at a time (laughs) i i'm serious you you never get more than like one little line he'll say something like this it's never more than you're not getting monologues from keanu you're not getting you know verbal character development i just feel like he's just like I don't want too many lines. I'll show up. I'll do the action part, but 
Like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and so I feel like maybe his experience as a younger actor, he's like, wait, do you know what? Like, I don't need. I know where my strengths lie. He's like, if I want to stay in this business, I can only do one or two lines at a time. <laughs> yes, honestly. Like, that's how I, I feel. That's how I... I wow. it may, maybe it's not true, but that's how it feels to me whenever I watch anything he's in now. Because he doesn't... He's very one word, monosyllabic, just not... He, just you get one or two mm-hmm. little phrases. How, how do you think the performances or how do you think Mina and Jonathan would have fared had they gone with original casting choices, which were Drew Barrymore John- and Johnny Depp? Oh, she would have been horrible. But <laughs> I think that I think that Johnny probably would have been way better. Johnny's a great actor and he's he's successfully like done this, like pure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I would just think just think back to Sleepy Hollow, you know, like, exactly. That's exactly Johnny Depp fit is he's a he is a great actor. Like we can't deny Right. You know, and so I think he's right. Drew, no, she should definitely not have been anywhere near this project either. I think that why they should have honestly cast. Was there no like big British, you know, movie star at the time, the 90s? Absolutely. We don't want to see that. We want Hollywood actors. (laughs) I mean, my God, like somebody who can just like, I mean, Miss Sadie Frost over here playing Lucy. Like, she's great. Oh, she's probably the best actress in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, ab- absolutely. I don't know. I think Monica Bellucci really gives a stellar performance in this. Oh, maybe she should have been Mina, yeah. Um. <laughs> With an Italian accent. <laughs> I would have bought it more. <laughs> maybe, yeah. You know how like when people play back in time and all of a sudden they have British accents? Like, you're in Germany. Why are you British? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You're in ancient Egypt. Why are you all British? <laughs> Oh my, oh my god there are some really cool um visual moments in this like aside from the cross like once we move past that me and jonathan sort of have this quick little discussion and they kiss and these peacock feathers beautifully cover the screen that part kills me i'm like what pa had to stand there by the fucking camera and just like slowly fan out. put some pe fan out some peacock feathers <laughs> and they're like got it we got the shot gorgeous the shot. gorgeous Cut, mm-hmm. cut. That's a wrap on this scene. Well, another visual I like is that long hand grabbing Miss Keanu and putting him onto the carriage. Oh, yes. God. Like the shadow the shadow yes. work in this uh, is so cool. Brilliant. So brilliant. Um, the we toy do have train. to mention. Oh, yeah. Oh, the toy train. But before <laughs> we get there, we get introduced to. Um, to Renfield, played by Tom Waits. Oh, yeah. Singer Tom Waits, who actually gives like a like a banging performance in this movie. He's a singer? Like, yes. You What's know, he saying? Yeah, Tom Waits, he sings every song that sounds like, he sings like this, but um, he's just a very famous singer. Scarlett Johansson has an entire tribute album of just Tom Waits songs. Isn't that weird? Scarlett Johansson sings? <laughs> yes. She has this album that was like critically panned, but it's like all Tom Waits covers. <laughs> wow. I, I'm going to look it up. Also, uh, I know Tom Waits' nephew. I did a cruise contract with him, and he's an aerialist. I'm not, and Ooh. We, casually, we were having a conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, Tom Waits is my uncle. I was like, ha ha. He's like, no, really. I was like, what? And like, we talked about it, and he like straight up showed me a voicemail he had from his uncle Tom. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that is so insane that your uncle is Tom Waits. He's like, I know. I was like, what is he like? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, he's just my Uncle Tom. He's like, he's kind of just keeps himself. And 
kind of a quiet guy. I was like, that's really crazy. wow. Yeah, look how connected we are to the actors in this movie. It's like literally, wow. yeah. yeah, we are the authority on Dracula, right? You want to know anything? Come to yeah, me, because I know Tom Waits' nephew. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even know who Tom Waits was. <laughs> but he, you're right, he does a fantastic job in this movie as Renfield. This is probably the one of the best Renfields in any Dracula. Oh, absolutely. This Renfield sort of starts um, already kind of crazy in the asylum. Yeah, he never, we never yeah. get to see how, what yeah. made him that way, but he couldn't exactly. take it. He couldn't take it. Yeah. I do feel like his character is a little bit wasted since he does spend the entire movie in this sort of asylum setting. It is. But, because he's not one of the characters that comes to mind in this Right, exactly. Yeah, but his performance is, what he's doing with what he has, I think is brilliant it so, raises the value of the character yeah because even um you know over here if you're the talking queers we take the imdb synopsis and we make it our own but whoever <laughs> wrote this one didn't even put any mention of renfield in the entire synopsis i was like excuse is- me Excuse you. Then this movie turns into Elvira's Haunted Hills. <laughs> I know. When they go to the Carpathian Mountains. Every time I see the Carpathian Mountains, I think of Elvira's Haunted Hills. Because that's like what, it, what comes up at the beginning. Da-da! I was thinking about it when um, Keanu looks over and sees the cliff right there. I was like, where's Elvira? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her breasts. So the play with the shadows we already talked about but once we get into the castle there are all these cool shadow moments where it's like a shadow here but the character is actually there and all of this stuff right the play with shadows is so cool and creepy but during pre-production of the movie Francis Ford Coppola actually came up with the idea that probably falls in line with some vampire rules I don't know if you have any for this movie but you know I don't but we can we we can do them while we go go, so here's the first one so Coppola came up with the idea that when Dracula is present the laws of physics don't work correctly so this is why the shadows move differently than him and why rats can run on the ceiling and why liquid drips up so that's why so he can change literally the law of physics I love that. I think that is, you know what, that is such an original idea, you know, like who would even think of that? And, you know, but I think it's, I think it's really cool to think that they're like dark demonic presence that like is otherworldly would change the world around them, you know, that our world and their world like doesn't mix in a way. So things don't work correctly. The, you know, the laws of physics don't apply. And I, I think that's a brilliant, I think it's a fun idea. And again, gives us more of that visual style so much room to play you know with visual visual things yeah absolutely i think yeah coppola like really created a playground for himself with this movie like what can we do how do we elevate this material you know what can we do to give these people like a feast for their motherfucking eyes and add to the mythology yeah yeah. And before we move on, I just want to say that the score is amazing in this. That's one of oh, the yeah. highlights as well. The, the yeah. score is just beautiful and operatic and theatrical, just like what we're seeing. It totally matches with the movie. Hearing, absolutely, seeing, it all works so well together. Yeah, and like, don't forget that American Horror Story Season 1 pretty much stole the entire score. The entire score. Used it. <laughs> just yeah. used it whenever they wanted 
I was uh, like, I know this music. It's just too good. You have to. You ain't fooling me, Ryan. I know it's so good. Thanks. Wait, we can't, we can't, we can't not address, you know, the fucking vampire in the room. Gary Oldman as Dracula oh. comes out looking fantabulous, like absolutely fabulous, absolutely fabulous, dragon lady with a wig. Yeah, with a wig that looks like an ass on his head. Yes. It's just... And then he turns around, and there's that big, long, luscious braid in the back. Oh my God, I don't know. I'm like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yes. I'm like whip it around, honey. You know what's crazy, though, is that every time I see him as old Dracula, I think of Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> there's also this, I think it's a deleted scene, but I saw it in the trailer where he rises out of his coffin and he's wearing this little, this, not little, over-the-top gold number with jewels all over it. Yeah. That's in the movie. It is? Yeah. I must have been looking down on that part. It's a, it, it, it's pretty quick. I did notice it, but yes. It, I was like, oh, there's that really gorgeous gold, gold. like Moo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. And, um, but that is inspired by uh, a, the painting, very famous Klimt painting by Gustav Klimt, called The Kiss. Oh, romantic. All right, and we'll get into more of Mr. Uh, Mr. Ullman's uh, performance as we yes, continue as the character unravels. In Jonathan's absence, Mina goes to stay with her rich and sexual friend Lucy, played by Sadie Frost, who has just recently received three marriage proposals. That's... A bitch, some of these bitches out here can't even get one boyfriend. Let alone Literally, they're getting restraining orders before they get proposals. <laughs> <laughs> one proposal came from Texan Quincy Morris, played by Bill Campbell. Ooh, yes. Another came from Dr. Jack Seward, played by Richard E. Grant. Whatever. And the last proposal came from Lord Arthur Holmwood, played by Carrie Elwes. Yes. Yeah, Carrie Elwes. Yeah. And she has decided to marry Arthur. Mina admires the way Lucy attracts men. You know that's the character that we would want to be. Totally. Absolutely. This is us. <laughs> yes. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, just fucking floozies. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. But like very like elite. Okay. But like rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rich floozy. Dr. Jack Seward studies Renfield, who has started eating bugs and has become obsessed with some sort of bloodthirst. Renfield says he needs lives for his master in exchange for immortality. Meanwhile, at the castle, Jonathan cuts himself shaving, and we see Dracula lick the blood from the razor. He also shrieks in horror at the sight of Jonathan's crucifix necklace. Jonathan becomes frightened when Dracula refers to the howling wolves outside as beautiful children of the night. And when Dracula leaves the room, Jonathan sees him scaling the castle walls outside like a reptile. After Jonathan has written the letters notifying his loved ones of his extended absence, he begins to realize he's being held prisoner. Jonathan roams around the castle and hears Mina's voice calling to him. He finds a room with a large bed and the voice summons him to lay on it. When he does, three sexy, mysterious women rise from the bed and seduce him, licking his balls. Oh, no, no. That's oh not my God. <laughs> licking and biting at him. Dracula walks in and forces the women off of him. The women beg to have something to hold them over for the night. Dracula hands them 
a baby, and the women proceed to feast on the infant as Jonathan screams in horror. Meanwhile, Mina receives Jonathan's letter. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, anyway. (laughs) Mina receives Jonathan's letter and becomes increasingly concerned. At the castle, Jonathan observes the Count's mindless servants filling large crates with dirt from the grounds around the castle, unaware that Dracula plans for a trip to London. A ship picks up the 50 crates of Transylvanian soil, and we see Dracula is inside of one, resting in some sort of gooey cocoon. This is Ivan News. This is Ivan News. On the long trip to England, numerous staff from the ship go missing, later showing up washed ashore after a storm. Dracula arrives to London in the form of a hairy beast. The night of his arrival, Lucy wanders out of her room and into the garden. Mina follows after her, calling out to her, but it's as if Lucy is hypnotized. When Mina catches up to her, she witnesses the hairy beast making love to Lucy, biting into her neck. The beast locks eyes with Mina and erases her memory of seeing him. So we got some sexiness going on in this section. This is very sexy section. I've got moist reading it. Literally. Honestly, like, it might not be too far to say that this movie is kind of like a softcore porn. (laughs) Like, You know what? With bestiality and everything. Oh my god, what a hairy beast. Okay, right away, I just want to point this out. (laughs) Here I am, almost 20, practically a hag. (laughs) (laughs) Best line in the entire movie. What is it with these movies calling 20 old? I know. It's hilarious, though. Lucy is such, like, a crazy slut. Like, (laughs) look at at this, like, crazy wedding dress that she's, like, shown up in in this first scene that she's in. I'm like, love it. She just, like, runs around in these, like, beautiful white rich gowns. Yes. And I love that these men that want to court her just come to her her castle, her mansion, and she... Just wave, grabs her swords and their swords, and oh, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> goes around and with the, the yes. big knives, as as Mina says later. Yes. She's very yeah, flighty and, and whimsical. I love the character. Yeah, she's she's carefree. She just you know she knows her power. You know she's she knows where her power lies, and it's in her sexual energy. Yeah, and you know she has these three men that she that want her. And she can pick, she has a pick of the fucking litter. Miss Sadie Frost does a fantastic job bringing Lucy to life. She feels she like this character. And I, I love her voice, all her line delivery. She's one of the yeah. highlights of this movie for me. Oh, yeah. She's she's fantastic. Did this. you read the I original casting choice for Lucy? Uh, Yes. Who is it? Juliette Lewis. Oh, yes. I was like, uh, <laughs> I guess that's right. Juliet Lewis. I don't um, know about that. Uh-uh. I don't know. I feel like Juliet Lewis is too contemporary as well. As well. Mm-hmm. It would have been unbalanced. Her voice is just like, you know, she just has that like draw. <laughs> yeah. Like she's, I don't think I can see her being like, I'm going to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can buy Juliet Lewis, but Miss Sadie wow. Frost, she, and she almost she That's almost good. like counted herself out for this role because she was like, I look too much like like Winona, and then they're like, well, bitch, we're gonna give you red ass hair, <laughs> we're gonna give you clown red hair. Yeah, I know she looks yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we have like 
the opposite end of the spectrum, which is Miss Mina, who's such a prude. I know, she's very uptight. I mean, even her collar comes all the way up to her chin. Literally. And she's like, not everything is about carnal pleasure, Lucy. And like, you know. Meanwhile, she has that nasty ass Arabian Nights book. Just, I know. I was like, is this the Kama Sutra? Did they just... I know. There's like people twisted into pretzels like with their dicks going into each other. and <laughs> Their dicks going into each other. <laughs> and come to find out this book went missing on set and it's still... No one knows who has it. Probably on eBay somewhere floating around. Yeah. I wanted to highlight the scene where... Dracula is talking to Jonathan as he's shaving and then he begins to shave him and he licks the thing. Yeah. So Dracula licking the blood from Jonathan's razor. I read this article that talked about how it was very fascinating that, you know, he bites a lot of people and he sucks a lot of people's uh, blood. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, but this is the one time that we really see it becomes a moment. Like he really has an orgasmic reaction, which many have noted doesn't happen with the women's blood so oh yeah some right, pe- he gay right he's <laughs> he gay right off the bat no but <laughs> some people have equated dracula's seductive nature with jonathan and the fact that the vampires in this universe in this universe are the result of infection through the blood is a yeah. small very small subconscious comment on the hysteria of the aids epidemic which came right before this movie Oh, shit. um, I was also reading that historians think that Bram Stoker wrote Dracula as a demonized allegory for homosexuality as an empathetic response to Oscar Wilde's gross indecency trial over the love that dare not speak its name. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, I know there's like, yeah, it's like something about him being like the, the immortal homosexual and being like the, um the masturbator i mean they have that they even allude to it in this with the hairy palms you know i mean that's like that random shot Ooh. of dracula's hand he has, he has hairy palms but it's like i was like so i looked that up and i was like what is that like what is with the hairy palms and it has to do <laughs> with <laughs> the fact that um you know masturbation uh, you know they used to say like the saying was like if you masturbated you would you grow hair on your palms oh and so yeah, so there's like some weird thing about him being like the masturbator and I'm like looking at my the, palms like what this, I got <laughs> this like yeah this like Victorian homosexual um, yeah it, it, it's so interesting like I know like even the, these little references that Coppola threw in there are so specific and uh, you know they do take research to like figure out like what is this what was this even talking about you yeah know? Or, like what is this what does this mean and so that is interesting that you brought that up like yeah like he is definitely very flamboyant maybe even you can even tell like when um the brides are you know take him and he scolds them and he's like he's like he he's mine he's like claiming jonathan as his yeah you know which comes across very queer to me it does the licking of the blood from the razor was like i was like whoa there has to be something to this and that's why i looked it up and it was like the aids epidemic and brom stoker some people think brom stoker was gay but but others know that he yeah. publicly made comments about that it was sad what Oscar Wilde was going through when he'd had that gross indecency trial. And so he kind of wrote this as like, this is how people are responding to homosexuals as if they're some kind of blood sucking vampires. And yeah, you know, I think but, Bram Stoker was probably gay too. 
Maybe he was. Maybe he was. Okay, so we think that we're Lucy in this movie, right? But we are actually these characters, the brides of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Well, our breasts are just as big. Oh my God. <laughs> Miss Monica Bellucci is the star of oh, the brides. I mean, what she, a, she is the most beautiful woman beauty. maybe that's ever walked this earth. Honestly. She is. She is so out of the... Her beauty is, like, otherworldly. It's otherworldly. Even when she's, like, scaled down, like, I'm thinking of, like, Passion of the Christ when she plays Mary Magdalene. She's gorgeous in that. She's not even wearing any makeup. It's unfair. Yeah, she she is absolutely stunning. Um, Yeah, and in this movie, she is, like, peak sexy. Of course, they give her the scary vampire makeup and stuff but even through that like she just they they all these brides they have like this like succubus quality to them you know they're not like this sort of like shrieking like you know frail women that we've seen before like these women are like sexually voracious and they have you know they're sexually free with their bosoms Mm -hmm. on display and you know even one some of the other like the other two are also like very you know very sexy women and one looks like fucking medusa with like snakes in her hair like yes you know there's that one with the headpiece on like that big gold jingly thing very gorgeous oh my gosh yeah exactly and then this is the scene that they they consulted a magician because they like mysteriously appear out of the beds and like it's 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 just such a cool scene i love this and then they got that freaky mirror on the ceiling I was like, ooh, ooh yeah. They are some freak nasties. I was kind of wondering if there was more gore intended for this movie because it's kind of weirdly edited. And apparently they cut out like 25 minutes of gore from this movie so that they could get right. the MPAA rating, of whatever. But I'm yeah. like, hmm, I would have loved to see like some more blood in this scene. I know. Like, oh. I would. And they I would use too. it like sexually because a lot of people have a blood fetish, so. Why not? I would have liked them to sexualize a little more of the men in this movie. Yeah. I mean, all these women's titties are out every five seconds. Like, come on. Can we at least get a fucking butt shot? Yeah. Come on, Keanu. Or, you know, those shots where we can see through the thighs and just a glimmer of the ball sack. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you did say that, like, you know, they cut out a bunch of gore. But then this next part is very disturbing so maybe we didn't need the gore when they're like oh by the way here's a baby to eat oh my god i know so is this another vampire rule they eat i mean most of the time they're taking children i know that happens several times in this movie i mean maybe they're like maybe it's like when you have like what is like veal or like you know like (laughs) You know, like a, some, delicacy. like a delicacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like eating a baby. It's like, ooh, it's so like pure. You know, yes. mm. that must be what it is. Because why do you eat babies? Young. I mean, it can't. It can't be that much food. I mean, yeah. compared to a, a full-grown human, you think those three bitches are gonna have enough to eat sharing that baby? I don't know. And I wonder if they're watching their figure. (laughs) That and their bosoms, right, lifted. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe it helps keep them young because I'm a little confused as to why the, the, I don't know when the brides have transitioned into vampires, but I'm kind of curious as to how Dracula aged. That seems something new for the vampire genre. I know. Maybe it has to do with like him not feeding as much. Or his loneliness. Oh, yeah. It's probably something as dramatic as his fucking loneliness. <laughs> My loneliness has aged me. I need Elizabeth. Like, yeah. Like, that yeah. sounds like 
that belongs in this story. That makes that would make a lot of sense. In between here is when we get the moo moo. I wrote that gold moo moo in my notes. So oh, perfect. There it goes. There, there it, it, it appeared. It, it appeared. And then we get this next scene, which I love, which is Lucy bursting out of her house saying, I love him. I love him. She's just so <laughs> ridiculous. She's so over the top. She's and just so screaming theatrical. that she loves. And, and then Mina's like, which one? She's like the Texan with the big knife. And she's like, no, my number three, Arthur. <laughs> she picked her third, the third choice. I think that's hilarious. And she's going to be a lady, right? By marrying him. Right, yeah, because on yeah, something. Arthur Worm, Wormwood or whatever his name is. <laughs> Wormwood. Wormwood. <laughs> um, hardwood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Morningwood. <laughs> yes. And then, so, in this part, like, and then Dracula's on his way, right? The ship is on, on its on way. Route to, to England. Which brings another rule up, which is explained later, but we might as well just discuss it now because it'll get boring later. Um, yeah. The Transylvanian soil. So he has to. Yeah, that's to a weird one. Kept, he has to be kept in the soil. It like keeps him young. Is this where yeah. he. That, that, is that cocoon where he de ages? I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what happens inside of. A coffin, but you know, we have this like image in our mind that he simply sleeps in it. But maybe like a literal cocoon forms around him. Maybe it's more of like a like a biological thing than uh-huh. you know being in almost like a womb of some kind. Mm. But it's like really gross. <laughs> it is really gross, and it looks really gross. But yeah, something with this soil that keeps him. It keeps his power yeah. almost. I don't know. Right. It's, it's like it's like yeah. I, I I read I read that he either has to be in a coffin or in. The, the soil from his homeland, homeland Transylvania yeah interesting interesting yes I love that sure why not this montage that happens so he's on his way right and the winds are blowing and these I, I don't this part I'm like what is happening here and you know when Mina and Lucy are like running through the maze and it's raining and they oh, like start making out they make out this is I don't know why I remember seeing this movie like on TV when I was yeah, very me young too. and this image like, of Mina and Lucy kissing has like stained my brain oh mine too I'm it's like, like why does this my stick brain? out to me it's so weird I think it's maybe so fast yeah maybe it's because I'm like oh my god like I shouldn't be watching this like this is like there's sort of a guiltiness behind it but also like yeah a, pleasurable thing right it must have just been one of those things right and it seems like you know Dracula's like just his like presence his like you know impending presence creates this like incredible sexual energy within these women you know where they're like Mm -hmm. they all of a sudden become like these like free rain nymphs running through the <laughs> through the, the shrubbery and then you know making out but it's like why does this, I mean it isn't it's not making out they just give each other a kiss, each but, other like, kiss. but it's a passionate but, kiss it's yeah, I'm like, beyond why a peck I mean it's friendship I guess like female friendship but it's also like wow whoa <laughs> yeah oh me and I'm feeling bit, like a little wood nymph yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is very that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's very that. Anyway, so now we can move on. I just wanted to address that kiss because it's just like, whoa. So Dracula, he damn near almost doesn't even make it because he almost kills off the entire ship crew that's bringing him to London. 
but he makes it and he makes it in the form of like a fucking werewolf which I think is completely frightening the effects is this is probably one of the best looking werewolves I've seen in a movie I think he looks yeah. fantastic. But then we have this For a practical of, effect, for sure. For a practical effect. And it is very disturbing because then we have this beautiful scene of Miss Lucy in her oh, red. I love oh, this. Oh, my We're God. giving big-ass 90s hair. Big she's 90s just... red coiffed hair with her matching oh. red dress. And she's just oh my God. literally like flying into the garden and down the stairs. Yeah, her, her and dress is blood red. She's. I literally I, was watching it and I, I went red. I should have. I should have known it'd be red. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I was Not thinking. Red, mama. It's pink. <laughs> it's pink, mama. Yeah, and like it's just like so over the top, and like the yes. lightning is like the light is like crashing on her face. Yes, and, like, and the lightning is like purple and it's all very ethereal yeah. and I the like wind how is blowing like, it's oh, like lucy sleepwalking i'm like sleepwalking this is sleepwalking. like sleep dancing catwalking. yes catwalking <laughs> catwalking absolutely. i'm like i'm like is that linda evangelista what is happening honestly she looks you fantastic work. floating into this garden and with the red and the it's around her neck and it's flowing in the wind and she's I, and the way she moves it's very dancer like yeah. and it's very beautiful yeah. and performative it's great but then she gets mauled by this <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> I know. And I love how the, the synopsis says, Mina finds them making love. I'm like, oh my God, is that what that is? That looks like. I wanted it to sound romantic. I did add that. Part. <laughs> but definitely this beast is practically raping her. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and disturbing. She is. Yeah, it is pretty disturbing. And Mina's like, she runs over there and he looks at her. And then he like... Oof. He, he can like see through her like she's like oh, like he has like x-ray vision and he like sees yeah. the like the neon blood like flowing through her body and, yeah, the um, cartoon, and then yeah. he's like then he's like don't look at me and yeah. then she forgets everything you will not see me you will not remember me yeah i was like that. i was like don't I, was, I really wrote don't see me i didn't realize that he was erasing her memory but i guess that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense yeah <laughs> lucy are you okay i saw you getting raped by a werewolf last night <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that makes sense. He's like, oh, he's like, oops, don't look at me. I was never here. Even that visual of like the beast on top of her and she's like, ah, ah. The way it's filmed, like the framing of it, it looks very much like uh, some kind of scary ass painting. Like it sort of reminds me of that sleep paralysis painting with that beast on top of that little troll oh, on top yeah. of that woman's chest. It sort of reminds me of that. I was like, wow, what a yeah. very beautiful shot. But the but what's in it is uh, quite um, yeah. horrific. It also kind of looks like a romance novel cover, doesn't it? Like, I yes. Guess, like if that was if the beast was actually like a hot man and she was like, oh, yeah, like I'm just a fair maiden being <laughs> taken advantage of. The like, wind that's is like, blowing my clothes off. Yeah, that's what she, that's what it kind of looks like to me too. Except yes. her breasts are out. <laughs> The Again, f- the full moon on a London night. That's what the novel yes. would be called. <laughs> yes, and exactly. Fabio would be the the beast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> isn't he always? <laughs> At the castle, Jonathan has been trying to escape, but is kept weak by Dracula's brides who drain him of blood. Meanwhile, Dracula's appearance drastically changes back to his former youth, and he walks the streets of London, where he runs into Mina. He introduces himself as Prince Vlad. 
He attempts to flirt with her and ask for directions. At first, she is rude towards his advances, but when she realizes he's flirting, she becomes smitten. Mina joins Dracula at the cinema to which he wanted directions. While there, Dracula seemingly hypnotizes her and she says she knows him. Dracula gets ready to bite into her neck, but stops. Just then, the crowd in the museum runs away as a wolf enters the room. The wolf appears aggressive, but quickly becomes calm at Dracula's command. At Lucy's house, Lucy has fallen ill since her encounter with the beast. She notices her senses are heightened, and she claims to be having terrible nightmares. Dr. Seward has taken on Lucy as his patient, and he quickly becomes concerned for her physical and mental health and discovers she is rapidly losing blood. Consequently, he has decided to send for a metaphysician, philosopher, and specialist in rare blood disorders, his old mentor, Professor Abraham Van Helsing, played by Anthony Hopkins. Dracula continues to visit Lucy, placing her in a state of hypnosis. Upon his arrival, Van Helsing immediately begins the blood transfusion using Arthur's blood. He observes Dracula's bite marks on Lucy's neck. She has become increasingly violent, attempting to bite Quincy's neck. She also has a hard time breathing around garlic. Van Helsing suggests to Luce's suitors that a supernatural force, most likely a Nosferatu, must have fed on her. The others find it too fantastical to believe, but Van Helsing warns the men about the dark forces that they will need to face in order to save her soul. Mina has dinner with Dracula, who has her drink absinthe and dances with her by candlelight. As they talk, Mina becomes trance-like and Dracula's suspicions that she is Elisabetta reincarnated grow stronger as she's able to describe his castle and Elisabetta's death. What do you think about... This is a much different Dracula than we've seen in the past. This young version of Gary Oldman's Dracula. What do you think about him visually? The top hat, the blue glasses, the long hair... I like it. It makes me think of that Me Backstreet too. Boys video, but I think it's, it, <laughs> I, I do like it. I think it's very, it's a nice look. He almost looks a little steampunk. Almost like, yeah. like he's in that movie Wild Wild West with yes. Will Smith. Yeah. It is you know, kind of like, like that. Like he should be talking like this, like he's from the South, but Look, it's very beautiful. It is very beautiful. This is kind of what feeds into that Victorian Valentine aesthetic to me. And when I see him, there is something a little contemporary about it a little more yeah. a little punkish maybe not the little john legend gla- or john legend the john lennon glasses <laughs> john legends yeah <laughs> the ones he's known for um <laughs> yes those little blue glasses like there's something really like cool and 90s about it but still very much in the period yeah i don't know i do like it i know it sucks that they had to shave his hairline back because when he takes off his top hat i'm like ah yes <laughs> It's a harsh look, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is a harsh look, but they shaved it back specifically so he could resemble the hairline that he has when he's old Dracula. So I'm like, okay, I get it. I feel bad. Even in uh, Gary Oldman's interviews I was watching, like, he still had that, like, shaved hairline. I was like, oh, no, poor baby. (laughs) That sucks. I love the imagery of him. And Gary Oldman, I mean, he's never going to be my type, but I find him very charming with his long hair. Oh, yeah. He looks great. I think he looks great. It's wild. It's, I don't know, something sexy about him. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have this, like, this encounter where all of a sudden, like, at first she's, like, standoffish. She's like, I have a husband. He's like, oh, husband, I'm going to leave you alone. And then she's like, ah, fine. Let's hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I, this to me, do you think that adding this sort of everlasting love storyline to Bram Stoker's Dracula, do you think it does anything for this movie? Because I think that no, this is. I don't. <laughs> no? Okay. Because, okay. All of this romance like is the, the probably the biggest deviation from the source material. Yeah. Um, and you see Bram Stoker's Dracula, and wow, it, it has been said to be more faithful than previous um, movies. I don't. I don't know. In the book, this Dracula the, doesn't express love like yeah. this. So this is more of this is the story from the Mummy movies, even the old ones, not even just the Brendan Fraser oh. one. Like you know, like the like you know reincarnation of the lost love, or you know. Like it's like they pulled from other old movies to make this, which I mean I get it, but I don't know. I I do think that it takes away a little bit of Dracula's menace. I don't find him as scary in this movie once this starts happening. Yes. He just sort of seems more sympathetic, a little more you know like they're because... trying to get us like to root for their love, and I'm like he's yeah. fucking Dracula. He's scary. He's supposed to be, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think you're right. Cause in the, in the book, I think he goes to London just to like enslave more people yeah. to build and, his, yeah, like, to spread the curse, to spread the curse. And so it does sort of seem like this is making it very specific. It's like that thing that we talk about in the serial killer movies. Like it's more scary when they can just kill whoever, but when they're specifically targeting one person, it's not yeah. as threatening. There's no b- grand threat here. And it's very emotional. I think Gary Oldman does a good job anyway with this Dracula. And yeah. um, I read that little thing that he had photos of his son with him. And right before filming, he would look at the pictures of his son to kind of conjure up an overwhelming emotion um, to help convey oh, Dracula's motivations throughout the film. That's beautiful. I wow. Wow. I love things like that. How he may have needed the pictures because rumor has it that he and Winona did not get along. Oh, yeah. They did not get along. And, and he also, I don't want to say they didn't get along, but they, him and Francis Ford Coppola also butted heads a lot. Did you ooh. see any of that footage? Oh, I love that footage. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. This is like an oh, actor's yeah. workshop. I loved it. It was like literally watching it from like the perspective of being in the room. And I was like, I was feeling a little tense. Like I was embarrassed. I feel like all of them <laughs> had this weird experience making this movie. Like even yeah. Anthony Hopkins literally described the movie. He's like, this is the most interesting movie I've ever been a part of. <laughs> and when you describe something as interesting, you know that it's not the tea. You know, that that it, there there's there wasn't anything like smooth about it and yes. you know they did a, they did a lot of rehearsal for this movie and did you watch them like hang out in Napa like he invited them all to Napa yeah. they did a lot of rehearsal there they played fucking like theater games like games that you play at like a like a drama summer camp like and they were all yes. kind of, even in these like you know serious actors and stuff they were like all confused by these games they're like wait we were just like throwing noises at each other, pretty much playing like fucking zip, zap, zop, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they like, they like did <laughs> not, <laughs> they like did not understand it, but they're like, honestly, I got, I think it helped. I don't know. It just the whole, like there was, I think the whole experience for them was just like very strange. Tiring. And they felt like it was kind of unstructured. They made them read it, the, no- he made them read the novel like out loud in a group setting. Yeah. For like, two days. For two yeah. days. 
shit. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. That makes I think sense. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Reading? No, thank you. Oh my god, read the book. I'll wait Are for the kidding? movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really interesting. And like even they said they were like, it's not usual for for there to be this much rehearsal for movies. But it like it kind of goes back to what we were saying that this movie kind of feels a little theatrical. You know, and that's kind of how yeah. it looks like it was staged, almost as if it was like a theater production. I know. It took me back to the old days. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I feel like I was rehearsing youth theater in the gym. <laughs> exactly. So you get a little more Lucy. Yes. And I was going to say there are more vampire rules that come along with her. Her right, right, right. senses are heightened. She is having terrible nightmares. I don't know if that has if that has anything to do with it. And she has trouble breathing around garlic. We always see vampires repulsed by garlic, but we never like, really ah! know why. What is it with the garlic? And they just I don't know. Maybe it's that their sen- their senses are so heightened that yeah. they can smell it more. <laughs> yeah, garlic is so pungent, you know. And garlic also is good for cleansing the blood. So. Yeah, it's like a natural antibiotic. And dark green kale is like that too. If you eat enough of it, it's like having a blood transfusion. So I wonder if kale works too. I love when she's like having that freak out about the garlic. She's like, it's nothing but common garlic. (laughs) 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 Like, oh, but she's screaming that. Oh my gosh! Though when they first show her, like after she gets that bite and they walk in and she's getting fitted for her wedding dress, I was like, oh my god, this fucking Pennywise ass dress, fucking dress with that enormous. Elizabethan <laughs> collar. <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, oh my god, she looks like, crazy oh as god. fuck. But I yeah. love when um, Doctor Seward is thinking about having her committed, and there's that banter yes. between the men, and they're like, oh, last week he wanted to have her hand in marriage, and now he yeah. wants her committed, and he's like, no, there's something really wrong, and they walk in, she's like, <gasps> yeah. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, she's great. Are yeah. you okay? <laughs> I know, and I love how these men stick around. Like, she fully has decided on one of them, but Quincy is not left. <laughs> Dr. Seward's still there, and she kisses Dr. Seward in this scene. Yeah, what like, is it with them? They just want to hang around her, just in case. Yeah, like, maybe, like, maybe they'll all, maybe they'll all get a piece. It sucks. I thought about this watching it. Like it sucks for Arthur because he finally wins like Lucy's affection over the two other guys, and then she has it being a vampire. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. What a loser. I know. I wonder if he would have gone as far as like turn me into you, so that we can be together forever. She might be worth it. I mean, the way that these men line up for her ass is probably worth it. I know. I guess so. She must got that. That golden red snatch. I love it. It's interesting, though, that Lucy is the first one that Dracula targets. Because while... And I I looked that up. Yeah, Why does that happen? And there's no reason. Well, okay. It has to do with Bram Stoker. Okay, so while Mina is being romanced and lusted after by Dracula, you know, he almost can't even, like, give her this bite. Which is a great shot. Him turning toward the camera. His eyes turn red. The blue glasses. Yeah. The, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Again, a little rapey. Like, a little rapey. You know, yeah. With that with like old porn playing in the background, like on the screens. Yes. Like. Yes. But it's a beautiful shot of his, of his face yeah. transforming. But, okay, so while she's being romanced and he can't find it in himself to even put her through this misery, he so easily did this to Lucy. She was easily transformed by him. And, this seems to be a comment on Bram Stoker's writing 
So in the book, Lucy is described as prim and proper, but here she's fun and promiscuous. So uh, in the book somewhere, I guess probably in reference to Dracula's brides, he writes that women being sexual is unnatural. And so ultimately, Mm. this is what we've talked about in multiple episodes, Lucy is being punished for this idea that women shouldn't behave this way. Ooh, interesting. I know, and and her fate is to ultimately become one of his wives, you know, these wives who also kind of emulate that, that, like, sexual, you know, energy, that power that they have. And so that's, like, it's, like, her destiny. And, like, yeah, it is interesting. But there's no, there is, like, obviously there's context like that that explains why, but there's nothing in the story that explains why Lucy is, like... (laughs) No. Of all people. I mean, it would have helped if they had kept some of the original, like, I'm going to go to London and increase my numbers, but this sort of seems like a random attack. It does. It seems random that she sort of put through all this. Like, why why her? Did it have anything to do with with Mina? I don't know. Well, yeah, they could have helped with maybe, like, making Mina feel alone and, like, separating people from her, but... Like, Jonathan's imprisoned, basically, in Transylvania. Yeah. Lucy's over here, and she's sickly so i don't know Maybe yeah that it, was sure, part of it yeah yeah like kind of isolating her from the people that are closest to her that might that i don't know deter her from pursuing better. dracula yeah sure well let's go with that let's go with yeah. that but ultimately i think they just put this in there because it's like she's the hot girl in a slasher movie who just <laughs> dies because she's sexy and likes to have yeah fun. of course of course <laughs> um i do like that in that scene between mina and uh dracula where he's about to bite her he says, I've crossed oceans of time to find you. Uh, and rumor rumor has it that that's the reason why Gary Oldman took this part, because he wanted to deliver that line on screen. I heard that, but then, like, the wolf happened so fast, I forgot he even said that. I know, and then <laughs> this wolf happens, the wolf comes in, I'm like, is this wolf... Uh, like a a, a well a tool in this situation that's is he a just like rule using too, it because they've also added to this mythology that he can control animals yeah and all kinds so I'm especially like, wolves though like wolves are wolves wolves are, particularly yeah they're like really like specific to the dracula mythology for some for some reason maybe because he can that, transform into them like he can transform into yeah. a bat and a wolf a, a, a wolf and so maybe those are the things that he's able to control the most because he's one of yeah. them he speaks their language yeah exactly yeah have you ever um, tried absent yes you have I ha- what i don't you know have. if i have we've tried it together what at Man. a house party it was did the we first it was like the first taste of alcohol i had ever had now that's really? not true think captain morgan was but this was my second absent oh my gosh i don't even remember i guess the green fairy fairy, yeah and it was bright green but the other absent i've had is not bright green but um and it tastes like black licorice Mm -hmm. it's like jaeger it's an acquired um taste but i've never made it properly with this like sugar cube like it does oh my god this movie makes it look sexy to drink Oh, I know, and she, and she starts feeling her oats, like, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, sucking on that that sugar cube. She's, yeah. you know, she's dressed in red. I knew it'd be red, like, or you know, and then, it's like, and then she basically becomes like Elizabeth. I'm like, how did she do that? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I mean, is she is she supposed to be the actual reincarnation of Elizabeth? Like, 
I know. Like, is that what we're supposed to believe? Or is it just coincidence that they look similar? Because like, it seems like she, start, she starts remembering things, like, from... The castle. Her past. She remembers yeah, the falling cast- into the river and all this Yeah, stuff. she describes Transylvania as, like, the land beyond the trees or whatever, which... Whatever she says that line is apparently is like the literal translation of what Transylvania <laughs> means. Yeah. Yeah. She's like starting to become Elizabeth. She even looks like her. She has that her hair's down. It's her like hair, long. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And she, and they have this like Phantom of the Opera um, dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does and sort of seem like they are pulling a lot from, like he said, the mummy. There's like a lot of different universal monster references throughout. Cause this does sort yeah. of feel like Phantom of the Opera to me, even their costuming. Yeah. So, it's like Phantom of the Opera, mm. The Mummy, Dracula, The Wolfman. It's like all in All here. in one. Yeah. It's all in one. And then this moment, which I like guffawed at because I thought it was so crazy when she's crying and then he wipes them and they're fucking diamonds. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, yeah, she needs to stay with him. There's another vampire rule. You can turn tears <laughs> into diamonds. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know what else can do insane. that? Drugs. <laughs> yeah seriously it's like Turn wow tears yeah, cr- into diamonds yeah. my tears into diamonds like that is a single waiting to happen but this diamond I think tears that their transactions um in this moment with the dancing by candlelight the absinthe the romantic you know loving thing it sort of is this i think feeds into the style over substance because then when we're actually getting into the story of them just talking and discussing it sort of falls off like i'm like i mean it's sort of slow it's it's all happening so fast though like you know what i'm saying it's like their romance and like her like falling in love with him it just feels fast it doesn't feel like it feels feels rushed it doesn't feel organic uh, no, it feels like the characters are written this way, and this is what's going to happen. And there are all these yeah. little things in there, like you said, the the tears and the diamonds and the candlelight and the you know all these things that literally you could. I don't give a shit what they're talking about. I just know that this film is beautiful and it looks great. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, but yeah, other than yeah. that, I don't give a fuck what they're saying. And that's true. Like I think about it. Like I really, I wrote this note that said the melodramatic script. Lol. Oh, she's describing what a princess is, but like. I don't remember what the dialogue is. I don't either. What are they talking? She's like, what, what, about, what about a princess? There's a prince in her flowing white gowns. Like, okay, like what? It, I don't know. It, it, like, it doesn't <laughs> stick. Like, it's not, it's just words. And we're, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening. It, oh, I'm seeing the beautiful red gown. I'm seeing her hair. I'm yeah. seeing the diamond tears, but I'm not caring what they're talking about what they're talking about i know some some of this stuff that we're going through in the synopsis i'm like that happened i'm like i feel like i'll watch this movie on mute because practically it's the same movie if you do watch it on mute (laughs) exactly (laughs) it is a feast for the eyes a feast for the eyes and it does nothing for the brain (laughs) (laughs) all right let's keep going jonathan escapes dracula's castle and comes across a convent where a group of nuns take him in Mina later receives news that Jonathan has been found and has suffered a violent brain fever and is being cared for by the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, who bid her to come to Romania and be married to Jonathan. (laughs) It's very important. I'm surprised their breasts weren't out either. (laughs) (laughs) If I saw that, I I would be like, yeah, that makes sense in this movie. Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) She realizes that she can no longer see Prince Vlad again and writes him a note letting him know before setting sail for Romania. 
Later, as Mina and Jonathan marry in Romania, Lucy suitors stand guard as Dracula, in beast form, makes his way to Lucy. He overpowers the men and takes Lucy as his bride by cursing her to live for eternity. He suddenly attacks her in the form of a wolf, which ends in a violent explosion of blood that kills her. Lucy is dead, although Van Helsing knows that the correct term is undead, for he knows that she is now a Nosorotu. He explains to Arthur, Jack, and Quincy that to give Lucy soul peace, they must cut off her head and take out her heart. They are, <laughs> they are horrified and think that Van Helsing is crazy. A kook. After Lucy's funeral, Van Helsing and the men trespass into Lucy's tomb, and they find her body is missing from her beautiful glass coffin. She returns to the tomb carrying a crying child in her arms. Van Helsing is able to force her to release the child. She tries to hypnotize and seduce Arthur until Van Helsing forces her back into her coffin with a cross. She vomits blood on Van Helsing and the crucifix before passing out in her coffin. Arthur is selected to drive a large stake through her heart while Van Helsing beheads her with a single blow. Mina and Jonathan have returned to London only to hear that Lucy has died. One night they have dinner with Van Helsing and Jonathan realizes that he knows Count Dracula and that he sleeps in Carfax Abbey. Dr. Seward secures Mina at the sanitarium where Renfield is going crazy. Renfield tells Mina his master is coming for her, and he begs her to go away before giving her a final blessing. The five men, Van Helsing, Jonathan, Quincy, Jack, and Arthur, pay a visit to the Abbey, but Van Helsing warns that Dracula can control bats, rodents, wolves, and can appear as mist or fog and suddenly disappear. However, his weakness is that he must rest in the earth of his homeland to gain power, aka his dirt-filled crates. They begin to destroy the crates and sterilize the dirt inside with holy water. Dracula quickly transitions into mist and pays Renfield a visit, telling him he's betrayed him. Renfield is then violently forced into his cell bars multiple times, killing him. The body count is building! Finally! Yeah, so we, we lose Miss Lucy. Miss Keanu escapes the dungeon, the castle. Oh my god. Um, what is up with his hair? I know. I was like, why is he have gray why is it, hair? It must be white from Fright. We discussed this in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. But <laughs> white from Fright, there is, I guess. But I hate that but they I, added that detail, especially when we get into the next part. Oh, it gets it gets wider and wider as the It as the literally goes becomes on. an Albert Einstein wig in the next scene. I was <laughs> yes. like, who the fuck is that? And I'm looking closer. I'm like... Not Keanu with this big white wig on. I'm like, what is this? I know. I was like, what is happening? I was like, is this supposed to be happening? Are we supposed to be following the story of his hair getting white? Like, is something happening to him? I don't know what it is. Is that the brain fever? The brain fever turns your hair white. Maybe I should have looked up that to see if that was medically possible. (laughs) Yes. But this fall, like, all these falls, like, between Elizabeth and the beginning, falling a trillion miles you know, down. feet down from the top yeah. of the castle. Yeah, and then same thing to Miss Jonathan Harker. They would have been so... De- I don't care if they're falling into the water. That water would have been like cement. Oh. But they're like completely fine. No, the laws of physics are gone. All right, all right. We'll give it a pass. We'll give it a pass. So Mina and Jonathan get married, and this they filmed the entire ceremony with a genuine 
Romanian Orthodox minister. And they realized afterwards that Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves may have actually married each other, not in any legal sense because there was no paperwork involved, but, but under in the, eyes, the of eyes of God shall they be married. And I guess like they used to do this little cute thing where like Winona would like talk to him and call him her husband. That's cute. I mean, maybe they are. Right before she went to the mall and stole all those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she texted him and said, hey, husband. Um, I, I know we're not legally married, but <laughs> I'm in a little legal trouble. So you could be implicated. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you believe that that happened, that she did that? <laughs> <laughs> that I she- forget about it because she's done so much since then. But um, but it's such a it's big... So it was such a big Yeah, deal. it's just a very weird it was, it was like, moment in... It was so sensationalized. History. Free Winona, I remember all that. What a mess. Lucy's entire trajectory is the highlight of this movie for me. Aside from the visuals. Oh yeah. And especially like when she's orgasming, like Dracula comes to her and like he goes under her bed as like a I don't know, their presence or their presence makes the women like orgasm, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, and then he, yeah, he like shows up as like a, like a um, fart mist. <laughs> yeah, that green yeah. Fart. <laughs> and I don't know what happens to Lucy, but there's this explosion of blood. Like it said, it, the explosion of blood doesn't kill her. Yeah, but she does die because she is slowly dying anyway. It's like a, it's like a visual representation. Like it, it, it seems more. Yeah, it seems more like an artistic shot as opposed to like actually existing yes. in the story but her, just blood exploding uh-huh. from the walls after she dies this is my favorite sequence in the entire movie like it's oh, so yeah. fun them going into her tomb and she's not in her coffin and she shows up with the little child and that she's wearing that wedding dress yes. that enormous headpiece like what is that like this is absolutely why this oscar was earned like this costume is insane the makeup looks incredible like it is so operatic it's like she's gray her eyes are red oh yeah her teeth are red yeah her mouth is like red and just like dripping i don't know what it is the imagery the performance the costume it takes it to a place of like camp and it is so for sure this movie is is so fun and the child lucy is carrying was so terrified that she fucked up the first take and then the onset little welfare service worker was like okay well that's it like the child is too distressed but they got that second take anyway (laughs) and then they congratulated the kid and the kid was like great i'm like you're fired you're gonna mess up my fucking you're you're never gonna (laughs) work in this town again absolutely not but um (laughs) I, I just yeah. love this scene. I think that this is the reason why I wanted to do this movie so badly is because this is just a great scene. And I, I love her this going into sequence. the coffin again, but you can tell that they like filmed it in reverse. Like they had her come out of the coffin, but they like that trickery of like the reverse shot of her, like when he pulls yes, out the and cross she's like, and she's like, ah, and then, and then she just like <laughs> how she like kind of, falls asleep <laughs> like it looks like you're rewinding a tape yeah <laughs> yeah 
But I just, yeah, I love this idea of like the, her three suitors have to be there to like, yeah, you know, saving her soul by chopping her head off and stabbing her and the vomiting blood, the beheading oh, yeah. her. Like, I, I mean, it's all just so great. I just love this scene. It is the highlight of the movie. It's the best part of the movie. Someone disagree with me. Oh, I know. No, it's so good. I do love it. I do love it. So they kind of put the pieces together and they realize that Count Dracula is a vampire and that he's the one that's done this for her. And this is when we get those extra rules where he can control bats, rodents, wolves, and can appear as mist or fog, which I don't think we've seen before in any of our vampire movies either. I don't think so. Yeah. Like appearing as fog. Like, all right. Wow. His powers are beyond our comprehension. I'm curious to know what happens to his powers if he does not rest in the earth of his homeland. Like, if he doesn't sleep in dirt, what happens to him? I mean, maybe that's when he starts getting old. Oh. Because he does start kind of starting to look old, Maybe he was trying to kill himself off when he was alone in his castle, and that's why he was aging like Mm. that. Right, yeah. And then when he sees the picture of um, Mina, he's like, oh, my love, the love of my life, she's been reincarnated. So that's when he actually makes the effort to sleep in the dirt again. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But but then they go then they go to the dirt and then they they fuck with the dirt, they like perform that ritual that makes the dirt unusable. Yeah, they right they like sanitize with holy water. They kind of like bless it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So without that, like Dracula's. I know, screwed. and he gets old again after that. Yeah. So he has to go home. Mm. How is he supposed to seduce Mina looking like a fucking? shriveled thumb you know (laughs) that's exactly what it looks like he's been in the shower for too long (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yes so then we have this scene um, between Mina and Renfield so Mina's like taken to the insane asylum (laughs) to be safe which you're like yeah like have you seen the lunatics in here choice and then we have Renfield they have a scene together which I think is so interesting because it is kind of a roller coaster where he's like, you know, he's like saying how much he 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 loves his master and he's serving his master, but then he kind of tries to save her. He's like, you need to get out of here, like you need to get the hell out of here because you're about to you're you're gonna die. And for some reason, Renfield finds it himself to give her advice, which ultimately leads to his death because Dracula's like, bitch, you betrayed yeah. me, and now I'm gonna fucking kill you. Now- yeah, and then he like slams his head into the bars, and then his head goes through the bars. That could have been a little more. Maybe this is um, the gore they cut out. Uh, maybe because his head just goes through the bars, and you're, but then the sound cue is like. <laughs> I, was like, I almost didn't think he died, but he has to have because then we don't see him anymore. So, but then uh, that then this is another reason why it's like was that his sole purpose in this movie just to warn Mina? Like what? what yeah, was it's like he's purpose? sort of like I mean, that crazy old man omen. That warns the children before they get killed off one by one. It is kind of like that. But it's interesting because he doesn't... I mean, he claims to love Dracula. I'm confused. What purpose Whatever. does he serve in, like, the play and the and the book? An omen, right? I a guess. To come. Dracula finds Mina asleep in Dr. Seward's room. Hypnotized, Mina gives into temptation as Dracula materializes. They kiss... Dracula confesses to her that he is undead. She then realizes that it was he that murdered Luce, but she can't help but still love him and asks him to give her eternal life for everlasting love. 
He drinks blood from her neck, then cuts open a vein in his chest. As she lustfully drinks his blood, he stops her, saying he cannot do this to her. To live forever is to suffer. However, she forces herself on him, continuing to drink. The man barge in, finding Mina covered in blood. Suddenly, Dracula appears before the men in a bat-beast form, setting their crucifix ablaze. Van Helsing begins to splash Dracula with holy water, and Jonathan suddenly shoots him in the chest. Dracula suddenly transforms into a bunch of rats that scatter out of the room. As Dracula is telepathically connected to Mina, Van Helsing hypnotizes her and learns that Dracula is returning home by ship he calls to Mina. The men and Mina travel by train to meet his ship. They plan to burn the ship into the sea. Van Helsing reveals that Mina has been baptized with Dracula's blood and is slowly dying before being reborn as a vampire. Dracula reads Mina's mind and diverts his ship, causing a change in plans. Van Helsing and Mina take a carriage to his castle while Jonathan and the other men continue by train, then horse, hoping to intercept the Count before he makes it home. At the castle, Mina becomes possessed, supported by the magic of Dracula's other women. She seduces Van Helsing, but he breaks the trance just before Mina bites into his neck. He then finds the resting place of Dracula's brides and murders them in their sleep, throwing their severed heads off the castle's cliff. Henchmen of Dracula have picked him up and rush him to the castle before sunset. Jonathan and the other men follow closely behind, shooting at his carriage. The henchmen fight with the men, and Quincy is nearly killed. Jonathan attempts to open Dracula's box, but the sun has set and Dracula bursts forth, his strength revived. At that very moment, however, Jonathan slits Dracula's neck and Quincy stabs him through the heart with a sword. Dracula hits Quincy, causing his death. Mina screams and confronts Jonathan with a shotgun. As Arthur races forward to finish Dracula, Jonathan stops him, letting Mina and Dracula retreat inside of the castle. Mina sits with Dracula on the castle's chapel floor. She kisses him and he begs her to give him peace. Mina decides their love is stronger than death and she pushes the sword further into his heart. Dracula dies, and Mina gives him one last kiss. She then takes the sword out of his heart and decapitates him. As she cries, she looks to the chapel ceiling at a portrait of Dracula and his eternal love, Elisabetta. The end. Oh, fantastic. Curtain, curtain call, right. curtain call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, how beautiful. So we do have this confrontation, or not confrontation, we have this meeting of Mina and Dracula, finally, where he, you know, easily fogs his way into her room. Right. <laughs> and this really dramatic scene oh, happens. This is where, like, it's like pure melodrama. She's like, it was you that killed Lucy. Oh, but I love you. I'm like, oh. um, you killed Lucy. You killed Lucy. Oh, but I love you. <laughs> It's like, oh my god. Shut up. But she's like, I want to be with you forever. But I'm like, Uh. I was like, wait, are they like actually in love? Like, is she actually in love with him or is she hypnotized like under his thrall? I can't tell. I think that he is manipulating the situation. I think that him putting her in some sort of trance-like state is making her think that she's also in love with him. That she too is thinking that she's Elisabetta, which I, I don't think she is, but they did that weird Wizard of Oz thing where it's like I, I Anthony Hopkins <laughs> plays the the fucking 
priest at the beginning oh, and yeah. then he's Van Helsing and then she plays Elizabeth and then she also plays Mina. And so I'm like, I don't know. I think she's actually supposed to be in love with him. Okay. Which is mind blowing to me. Which I'm like, what? You're probably right because then he sort of does back down where he's like, I'm not going right. to do this to you. Exactly. To forever is to suffer. And even this ending, like, you know, we have this, you know, the sequence where they're chasing. There's a big chase scene that happens and everything. All this is being, like, dictated to us. Like, we're not even yeah. seeing most of this happen. They're like, and then he read her mind and then, you know, switched courses. Like, we're just seeing, we're, like, okay. hearing these things happen, which is, yeah. like, whatever. You know what idea just came to my mind, though? One of the things that's similar to the book is that the book has multiple narrators, and so does the movie. Yes. When yeah, Nina yeah, yeah. starts to take over the narration, she introduces Lucy's character and she talks about how she admires that all of these men have flocked to her and that she admires the way Lucy can basically control men and when she meets Dracula on the streets of London he sort of she passes him off like he's a creep but then when she realizes that he's flirting with her like the synopsis said she becomes smitten and in a way she almost makes the same decision that lucy does lucy has these three options and she goes with lord arthur homewood because it sounds nice and yeah it's not the boring choice it's not the boring choice and she, Mina's making the same decision. Like, her admiration for Lucy has become, become so overwhelming that she's this desperate and pathetic that she, too, <laughs> has... Her, uh, she has Jonathan Harker, you know, a great, whatever, banker. A great catch. A great banker sure. catch, yeah. And she does say that he's not made of much. Like, he doesn't have much to him. Yeah. Except yeah, he's he- handsome. But then she meets this prince yeah. on the street. He's afraid streets. he's too poor for me, or whatever she says, yeah. And realizes that he's a monster, but no, she wants to be a monster too, because why not marry a prince? Because she has this whole monologue about the princess thing. So I'm like, it's it does, if you look at it, Mina does sort of reflect Lucy in a way, where, mm. you know, when Lucy has that conversation, the Lady Lucy Homewood and all this stuff, and, and then you have later of the princess monologue with Mina. Yeah. So it's like, mm, there are some parallels to, to the admiration that she has for Lucy. She almost acts out in a much more dramatic fashion in her own life. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. She's like almost using this as a way to break free from her stuffy existence and, and have some sort of power over her life, which we know she has a desire to do because of Lucy and also because of that book she was reading and, yeah, it's exactly. Kind of interesting in that way. Yeah, it does sort of bring out the 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 powerful sexual being inside of her. So it probably is exciting to her that this is all happening. So that's why so I you know what that is probably justification for her actually wanting to pursue Dracula and not yeah. just being under his spell. Cuz she know. too also seems like she's in love with Lucy. I mean, in a way, even yeah. like the way that you know they kiss and all that stuff like there is some kind of like interesting dynamic between lucy and mina and more so on mina's end with the way that she views lucy and admires her from a distance that is very interesting well then we do get um you know mina kind of really coming into her sexual power in this scene with with van helsing she starts being like influenced by the other brides who like show up. Who are, of course, these like you know powerful seductresses, these succubus, 
um, suck you by, suck your dick. I don't know. What <laughs> but they're like in. They're, you, they're like they like seduces. Like, <laughs> yeah, Seduc- seduces. <laughs> the deduces. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they're like influence, influencing her, and she starts showing some cleavage, and then she like seduces Van Helsing with like her sexual power, which is something that she hasn't ever really done before. But this is the influence that Dracula has brought out in her. This yeah, is her inner sex god. And I think that could also relate back to that whole thing with Dracula and his vampire kingdom. Are sort of a reflection of the homosexual community because sure. it's sort of seen as like a by you know the people that don't know anything as a sexual <laughs> deviance you know it's in yeah. a way it's like they exactly. become like, one oh, of them and all of a sudden this proper these woman whores. is yeah this proper woman is now she's tainted look at her using her sexuality yeah My God. it's disgusting yeah. it's just like the gay community yeah exactly <laughs> they deserve to be beheaded <laughs> and that doesn't and that's what he does like Van Helsing is behead happy in this he does not mind just lobbing him off left and right Miss Lucy's head went flying through the screen that, that shit is so funny <laughs> and then same thing happened with the, with the brides it's very easy to kill these bitches in their sleep I guess they just like sit there They're and take so it so tired yeah once you're asleep yeah they took like a couple fucking Valium and a, a, you know a little white wine spritzer <laughs> and then they're out you know they're just ready to be beheaded so oh wait to to back up when Mina and Dracula have this exchange the men confront them and oh yeah he appears as this big bat creature which is even more scary than the werewolf oh yeah that's true that shit is terrifying like just that like that like hybrid of a man bat like ooh yes. god and the like bat suit pure was evil. made because originally this scene was just supposed to play out as plain old Dracula intimidating these men and Gary Oldman felt like there needed to be an added element of horror to make it make sense why the men yeah. are cowering to him because I maybe he felt inferior to them I don't know but that, that's what this bat suit Well I mean there's also for. you know in there they have more numbers there there's one Dracula and there's like 12 of them you know <laughs> so it's like yeah you know how do how, when you have you know so many numbers against you how do you get like a group of men who could you know potentially overpower you you know how do you get them um to be scared and i know this apparently in this scene from what we saw in the backstage or you know the behind the scenes footage is that they weren't getting the exact reactions right that that they needed and so um, Francis Ford Coppola blindfolded all these men and had Gary Oldman go around and whisper into their ears like something something that we don't know something mm. private but some shit that would like scare them some really like demonic or disturbing stuff and to get them like in in that state you know of like being oh. fearful of him and Gary Oldman being you know the actor that he is relished in this moment was like he's like you know once he told me to do that of course I took it and ran with it so he really freaked them out and then they shot this scene and then they got all the the scared reactions that they needed so what do you think he said he said I'm gonna suck your dick if you don't fucking get out of here 
I'm gonna lick your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put really my pitchfork in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what he would say. I don't know. No, what can what can you say to people? I, maybe I'm just too much of like a realist that I wouldn't be able to take any of it seriously. But. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wow. And then they uh, took the blindfolds off, and they were like, ah. like <laughs> I don't, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like what? I mean, they all said it was really effective, and they were all freaked out or something. But he why can't like, they be freaked out? Because the bat, him in the bat suit looking like that is insanely scary. So why did they need to do all that? I don't know. In order to maybe, get that? maybe you're like, that's our pal they, Gary. Gary you know, Oldman like, was doing his job and it seemed like the other men weren't. Yeah. Come on, Carrie and Billy. I'm going to have to punish you later for that. <laughs> bend you over and spank you boys. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, if she doesn't do the assignment, I can't do mine. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. And then so we have this epic final battle. Oh, like we finally get back to Castle Dracula. It's snowy. It look it's it's what the like what you've talked about before about how we enjoy sets that look like movie sets. This straight up looks like a sound stage. I love but it. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. The, that, this is Hollywood. This things is, I admire yeah. throughout this movie. Yes, this feels yeah. like, like what kind of what world did they create in these backdrops? Yes, like, this is. Fantastic. I love it. Yeah, the snow, the trees, the castle. Yeah, and then Dracula bursts through, and is immediately taken down. He didn't put up much of a fight. Let's be honest. He just no. This seems very lackluster. It, it almost seems like they're like yes. We gotta wrap, wrap, wrap this up wrap quickly. It up. Wrap it up. But wrap also, it, up. it makes sense because he has lost a lot of his power because his soil has been sanitized. So yeah. But he then he can't... gets back. He should be. He should be. He's on his home turf. Shouldn't he be like oh, be able true. to turn back into the bat? He just kind of shows up in the muumu again. He's like ah, and then they're all swoop, slice to the neck, stab to the heart, and then he's like all it's right. Too well, easy. I guess I, I guess I'm done. Especially because like, he has henchmen, it's like it's a yeah. This could have been a more epic battle. I I know. Yes, absolutely. And honestly, the biggest hero is Quincy. He does the most damage. And, I know. And for know, what? And, because he's and not ends really up dying. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's American. That's why. <laughs> ah, there you have it. Americans and their guns. Francis Ford Coppola did talk about that. He's he was like, you know, that's like one of the biggest. Uh, uh, things we we took from the book that didn't show up in other versions of this was all these characters and you know we had all of them including like Quincy who's like an American you know so like seeing an American in this sort of you know British you know world is like so interesting and like seeing their perspective on what you know a Texas American would be like in this world I was like yeah okay so fascinating <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i really got the a great perspective on who quincy was other than just some some cow poke you know yeah. with a big knife but i think this ending is rather beautiful when we have mina taking dracula into the chapel in the castle um and they sort of it, our movie ends where it all began and that's sort of a beautiful yeah. book end and sure. um but again, I'm almost confused. I'm like, oh, she's not under the spell. She's not under the spell. Yeah, no, she's right. And she's like, our love is stronger than death. And it's like, your love? I thought she'd be like, fuck you for doing this to me, you, you monster. 
kills him and then I would think she would like run back to Jonathan and be like oh I'm so scared no she's like she's so when, in it to the Dracula end Dracula dies does his power wear off of her is she no longer a vampire yeah I think that's what's I think that's I think that's why they were doing this whole thing to begin with uh, to save her soul so, uh, to save her soul so yeah Again, so now that he's done with the Lucy thing it's like instead of going to Dracula and killing him they kill Lucy they, first they, yeah they don't care about Lucy she's disposable that's so weird yeah they don't Whatever. care about her Mina Mina is the important one yes gotta say has, Mina she has brown hair <laughs> yes why. and she's virginal yeah and Lucy's a slut yes who was gonna get beheaded <laughs> anyway I guess <laughs> <laughs> she always had it coming yeah okay well that's it alright All right. well final thoughts here I go so I'll go first Okay. so I find this movie to be beautifully shot I love how operatic it is and you know yes. it's, it is campy as fuck and like melodramatic as hell um, but I you know and I think turning it into this like erotic period piece is interesting and you know um, you know I, it, okay so there are some romantic stakes beautiful great whatever but and I think it does add a new layer to the story and but there's like a little part of it that feels a little plotting to me to get through like I, I don't know I feel like it's a little oversaturated with style and that some of the storytelling feels buried underneath all of it it's beautiful to look at this movie is stunning like with some of like the best like camera tricks you you've ever seen like it's expertly right. made but I, I think what I think the heart of it gets buried a little bit, you know. And yeah. I think the I think the performances are overall great, minus one and a half. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it's probably not the most thrilling viewing experience, but I do think it's enjoyable if I'm in the right mood. So I give it a three and a half out of five. Okay. I would say the same thing. I mean, this movie is a feast for the eyes. It's so gorgeous. It's so beautiful. The fact that, like you said, the the idea that he wanted the effects to look antiquated, I think the making the movie intentionally dated makes it ageless. I think that this is a film that could be studied for film techniques and things like that. And um, it it does definitely have more style than substance. But I think it looks so good that I don't care. But I, yeah. because I love every shot, yeah. I love every set, every costume, every beat in the score. But then we get to like, and the story, I honestly don't mind the story either. It does make him less menacing, like you said, this this idea that he's fixated on this one romance. But yeah, I, I don't mind it because it does give it this romantic quality that is the reason that we're doing this for a Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> but the performances are questionable, and I think that's where it really falls off for me. The accents, the performances, and then like when you get to the runtime being a little long, like even though I love the way every shot looks, I could have used a lot less of them. <laughs> so, editing. Yeah, editing yeah, would have... This needed to be edited. Would have been nice, for, for sure. For me, the highlight of this entire movie is Lucy. Of course, because she is a slut. 
just like you. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, <laughs> and this is Francis Ford Coppola. You know, he knows what he's doing, and his imagination and his creativity definitely shine in this movie. Um, and this is definitely one of my favorites from him. So, oh yeah, um, I would give this a same thing: three and a half out of five. Visually, a five out of five. Oh, but, yeah. But all put together, three and a half. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we did it. How romantic was that? I know. Uh, the synopsis, honestly, was better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we sexy. got you in the mood. Yeah. There was a lot of lust and yeah, drama. Yes, in there. exactly. Well, I hope everybody enjoys their Valentine's Day. I hope you get all the chocolates and the champagne and the roses and the dick and the ass (laughs) absolutely if that's on the menu too i hope you get all of that as well yes yes have a great valentine's day and we'll be back next week with the ring (laughs) (laughs) yes another romantic film the ring (laughs) no i'm i'm super excited i love the ring so uh, this another a a modern classic and um, one that I'm very excited to do. So, Hey, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at fear the talking queers on Instagram. Our Instagram presence is growing. So you need to get on it. Come join the party. We've been doing a post every day. So it's getting real exciting over there on Instagram. And then to find out information about how you can support the show and where to find us on all these streaming platforms, go to flow.page slash fear the talking queers. And you can find our Spotify playlist on there. All these little fun things that we do for our show. Yes. Okay. Well, have a beautiful V day and sweet screams, bitch. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Lucy.